fours All of the fours you'll ever need Right here on our show Hello everybody and welcome to Force February I am Jeff Arbuckle I am Jason Oliver And I'm Chuck Moore And you are listening to Film Seizure I did Jason's thing at the beginning. You did. I did. How about that? Good job. Yeah, how about that? Uh, so, uh, what month it, is it? Huh? What month is it? I'm like super amped up. It's Force February, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said yeah. that already. Yeah. Did you? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, geez, we are starting off rough here. And uh, no, but uh, yes, uh, I said uh, this is Force February. I came. I, I, I don't remember whose idea it was to do Force February. <laughs> I know that we had kind of tossed around like doing more Force films. If you're relatively new to Film Seizure, we have a thing for movies with the title or with the Force. Did we title. do an official Force February last year? No. Oh, we didn't, did we? No. We've just done a lot of Force movies. We've done four before. And I think then we th- thought, let's double that shit. I up. mean, this was 100% your idea then. <laughs> I mean, you really love the Force movies. I, well, yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, no, I, yeah, I do. You do. I do. And we had a whole okay. festival about Force movies. We did. Movies. We had that a Force Fest. Idea. Yes. Oh. That's true. That's a little confusing. Yeah. 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 I don't know what to think about all this. <laughs> I know it wasn't my idea. That's all I know. I think, though, we do have a, a barometer now for how good a Force movie is. Well, it's raw Force or nothing. Well, w- would it be good enough for Force Fest? And yeah, and there, the, this is a movie that... And what is the movie we watched? Do we haven't well, said that yet? Well, okay, so for this first installment, well, they know because it's in the title. Oh, well, yeah. On, but the, the, <laughs> we start, we kick the month off with 1979's A Force of One. Now, Jason really likes the poster. I love the poster. Because it's a naked Chuck Norris. Yes, I love naked Chuck Norris. Yes. It is true. I'm going to I'm gonna. They don't take do that his, little They don't clip. do his hairy... You're going to take the little clip and just, just haunt me with it, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just take off Norris. They He'll love uh, naked Chuck. Chuck. They don't. <laughs> naked Chuck, and I'll see myself out. Uh, they don't really do his his chest hair justice on that force. No, they don't. Though. Well, you know the thing is, is, until he gets either sweaty or dirty. You can't really see it all that well because it's blonde. <laughs> That's true. You know, I mean, he his, or, or his would, cuffs or and it, or tails it gets do a, match. Or when it gets a bunch of cocaine dust in it, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah, powder in it, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yes, I do like this this poster a lot. It's to, it's very um, zen, and it's it's very seventies. It's got that three D you know low or uh, font for the the force of one blocked three mm-hmm. D. Yep. It's got this this white triangle with Chuck Norris doing the the sort of yogi pose. Right. You know what would be great? It. I want somebody to to uh, take that part of Scatman Crothers from The Shining and put that poster on his wall instead of the <laughs> naked black chicks. Yes. That I like. That's funny. That, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> but he does kind of look like he's naked for sure. But, well, he is. We, but his we explained face, it. But I, what I really like about it is his face is blacked out. Yeah. You can't see his face. So it's sort of mysterious. It could be anybody with a bad bowl cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go, Chuck. It could, yeah, Chuck needs to take a look at it here. Oh, yeah. That is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but what's, what's really kind of, you know, 
also really important is we know he's naked because those are not he's not sitting cross-legged <laughs> that's the gigantic chuck norris it's just wrapped wrapped around wrapped around yes him. this is yeah. the running theory yeah yeah and that's why jennifer o'neill is like instantly ruining those geese that she's been issued yes during the training scenes yes she knows what's under there she knows what he's packing everybody's like you're sweating a lot more than the rest of us yeah chuck <laughs> norris chuck norris ain't a black who belt he's the, a- who ordered the long john silver <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> oh, oh, so gross. <laughs> oh wow. Well, yeah, Chuck Norris ain't a black belt. He's a dick belt. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer O'Neill wants to wants to untangle that. She wants to play with his hush puppies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with her with her two piece fishing line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Her her planks. <laughs> <laughs> they never actually kiss in this, do they? No. That's interesting. They just embrace. They embrace at the end. They hug at the end. Because what's funny is the next year it was like it was the lead up to the octagon where they do make Chuck Norris uh like a romantic lead. Yeah. Which is dubious. I don't think you really want to do that. Yeah. He's he's not He's not much of an actor, Chuck Norris. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he can, he's not even much of like a tough guy. It's weird. He's, no, he really isn't. He he seems like the he seems like the guy who would be the the Obi Wan Kenobi of yeah. the movie. Like he's very he's like the teacher, which is exactly what he is in this. Right, right. But yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. He's always very cool, though. It's almost like he's trying to go with like a Steve McQueen thing. You know, where he's, I mean, Steve McQueen could actually act, but but Steve McQueen was always very kind of just chill and um, and reserved, right? A little bit cocky, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, you he, don't, he, you would, don't, he would have a little bravado. You don't get a lot of bravado, really, from Chuck Norris. No, no, you really don't. Like, he's everybody's friend. Yeah. And it that's something that... I think his earlier starring roles, they tried to play up that idea that he is the, like, he's Optimus Prime. He's a jovial <laughs> yeah, kind of like, hero. Yeah, oh, everybody's, everybody feels safe and comfortable around him. But then, as we'll see later in this month when we cover another Force film starring Mr. Norris, he is kind of a badass at that yeah point. and yeah they, and they take away the they they take away that soft layer that he has in this movie and they just make him a fucking commando which is what he probably should have been that's kind of kind of what i like i like those movies with him better is when he's a little bit more macho which i don't know it's sort of yeah it's my preference yeah yeah <laughs> you like macho naked i like chuck macho Norris. naked chuck norris <laughs> Also, I also, I don't think he has the bowl cut much later either. It's well, it's it the, starts to thin out a little it, bit. Yeah, it's so it's so um, feminizing. It's weird. Like the seventies were all weird. That are really kind of getting to you, isn't it? It's yeah, like really kinda... yeah. I'm kind of identify with uh, Jennifer O'Neill right now. 
He just ruined his gi. Her, her haircut. Her haircut is more manly than his. Yes, is, so. it is. He's got it a is. Stuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I just, I just don't under understand the the appeal of Chuck Norris in these early. <laughs> In these early you karate don't movies, the appeal of Chuck Norris in general. I I, I mostly don't, but <laughs> but um, definitely of that one poster that you definitely have on your ceiling. Oh yes, so right above my bed. I look up and he greets me <clears throat> with his mysterious blanked out face. Um, because I could put any face I want there. Yeah, underneath the bowl cut. But it just ends up being Chuck Norris. Pro- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like his little cookie duster. Like- <laughs> Tickling your lip when he. <laughs> oh my! We're going to weird places right now. <laughs> well, we kind of got to because this movie is very much. Uh, I would equate this movie to basically being a two-part cop show. Yeah, it's not really a movie, <laughs> right? It doesn't feel cinematic. It's it's kind of like a two-part episode of Walker Texas Ranger. <laughs> yeah, but if Walker was. The karate master and the the cop. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because basically he just decides he figures this out for himself. Yeah. The cops are Actually either... actually he doesn't figure out shit. No, he doesn't know anything until the very end and he He has no yeah. clue about anything until the very end and all he knows is that Sparks is the guy who jumped him in the alley. That's the only thing he knows definitively. Yeah, so, uh, okay. There is, I, I will admit that there is a little bit of interesting intrigue in this movie. At least enough to have fun with. Right. Where we're always trying to figure out who the fucking But there ninja isn't is. really much much point of him even being in this movie. Chuck Norris? When it comes right down to it. Like, he, he, he doesn't drive well, the plot. I would, I would never tell Chuck Norris that. Yeah. He doesn't careful. drive, he doesn't drive the treading plot. Treading on something Treading. jennifer o'neill drives the plot for the most part she is certainly the emotional anchor of this movie clue gulager probably drives the plot more than anybody <laughs> he's just hanging out in the fucking police station he's like telling fucking people what to do and where to go and what to investigate he actually but- backs jennifer o'neill's plan at the beginning yep um and uh, so which is a dumb plan but maybe we should start there let's start with what happens first <laughs> It's actually what ha- what is That's this movie? amazing idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the movie starts uh, <laughs> with with something that is kind of amazing. But it, it, like during the credits, you see a couple of cops, a couple of hard boiled SoCal cops. Santa Madre is that even a real place? Uh, I don't think so. Did they call it Santa know. Madre? Santa Madre was oh, the name of the I think town, I just yeah. kept hearing Santa Monica. And I that's what that. I thought. That's what I thought it was, they were going to say, to, but no, it's Santa Madre because mm-hmm. it was actually written on something. Okay. Um, anyway, um, so a couple of cops from, from this seemingly small town or suburban. Santa Madre, what was that? Like Saint Mother? I guess yeah. Holy Mother? Yeah. yeah. All right. That works. <laughs> Okay, but or do, we, do we have permission to continue? I'm on? just wondering if it's a fictional place that they just like pull up. That's pretty fucking generic. It was whatever. It's a Christmas town, Santa, because it's you know. It's, it is true. This, this awkwardly takes place during Christmas time. Yeah, there's no purpose for it other than that's just when they film the movie. Right. It it doesn't enter the plot whatsoever. No. It no. just adds some background color to things. Yes, and they went yeah. and they definitely went with it. It was a choice because they they decorate sets 
somewhat poorly but still deliberately in christmas decorations so yeah yeah Yeah, and some of the stuff that's going on on like the actual location shots are like you know there are bands playing christmas music on the street corner and taking donations and stuff yeah yeah Yeah. um so so they're following this kid on a is he actually on skateboard? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's skating. Was he skating through? Okay. So, uh, typical 70s uh, young adult, although that was... No, it was a teenager because the, the rookie cop that's watching him says, my brother went to school with him. Okay, yeah. So, he's like an 18, 19-year-old kid. Yeah, yeah. And they're they're watching for him to uh, do a drop, basically. Pick up some drugs, drop off some money or something like that. Yeah, if, uh, you imagine if that's, this guy talks, he would sound like Spicoli. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so they follow him to a department store. The department store ends up being kind of a important thing because almost everything happens at this department store. My feeling is is that this is to highlight, uh, you know, how capitalism is taking over Christmas. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, Gremlins drugs. borrowed that. Exactly, <laughs> from this movie. Yep, yep. So anyway, um, they go in. And they're and they're like, where'd the kid go? Where'd the kid go? And they're slinking around. Now you guys saw something that I oh, missed. Oh man! So this was amazing. So Chuck, yeah. well, it was actually Jason that saw this. But so they go into this this sporting goods store, and um, <laughs> there's there's this mannequin against the wall that's behind them that is in a ski mask and you know like dark clothing and, and the ski poles up above him on the wall. Um, there's other mannequins throughout the store as well. And I said, check, check. Wouldn't be amazing if like that mannequin just came alive and attacked them, you know, yeah. like grabbed the ski poles or something and just attacked them. Do not think in any way, shape, or form that was actually going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But it fucking happened. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and it was amazing. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm thinking this movie's got big potential now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking, but then I start thinking about why the hell was he there in the first place? Just in case cops follow. Yeah. I mean, did this guy just like freeze like a mannequin all day? And that's like the 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 burglar system. It's him. <laughs> yeah, just freezing as a mannequin, just as a, like in, in ski. Clothes. I think he was ready to go out skiing, and then he heard them sneak in. <laughs> They're like, it just was like perfect. <laughs> Freeze. I mean, they sneak in, but you got the one kid, the young cop, who's just like basically screaming about playing baseball when he's a kid <laughs> yeah. Yeah. for like, like a whole minute about yeah. him and his dad. Yeah. <laughs> Talking yeah. about and who was he talking to? Yeah, then he, he starts like, complaining about the price of baseball gloves yeah. and fifty five dollars for a leather baseball glove. And he's like, they need to pay cops more. <laughs> and that's when the ninja. Attacks. And that's when the ninja attacks. Yeah. yeah, and they kill the ninja. Kills the two cops with karate. Yeah, lots of karate. In lots of fucking karate. They say movie. the word karate more than karate happens in the film. But. <laughs> yeah. That's well, yeah, that's yeah. true. So, uh, so then cut to to uh, the police station. Now, uh, Kluguler is the police chief of Santa Madre, mm-hmm. and he's got his collected uh, vice squad, which I guess a small town would have a vice squad. No, maybe. maybe. Yeah. I don't really know. I don't know, but they're they're they're, they're, they're a rag dumb. they're a ragtag tag group of of vice cops. Yeah, yeah. With, with you got one guy who looks like. Uh, Washington from uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. Yeah, yeah. Who always has a different hat. On. Yeah, the the, it's always yeah. like a bucket cap. Yep. yep. Then you've got uh, then you got the Hispanic guy. Mm-hmm. Then you've got 
uh, some other greasy yeah, hard boiled cop. Yeah, sort of Italian, like curly hair. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got fucking Superfly. Uh huh. Yep. Ron yep. O'Neill is a big part of this movie. So Superfly is one of the cops. And then you got Jennifer O'Neill. Yeah. Mandy. Mandy. Mandy, Mandy Rust. Rust. So weird. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that put a lot of effort in it. Like, it almost feels like that's a name that you wanted to have, like, in a series of movies. You know, like that's yeah. not a Mandy Russ and Mandy Rust and yeah, a bunch and of the and the and the uh, crime of the century. Or yeah. You know, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah uh, that seems like some that's like a fucking TV show name. <laughs> Oddly enough, this movie feels like a TV movie. It does. But anyway, so uh, they're all coming up with like, oh, this, that, the other. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what's what's what. And she comes up with the idea of. Well, what if they didn't know they were going to be attacked? Now, there's somebody that is very quick and very accurate and very uh, uh, forceful, you know, with, with their punches, with their ability to kill without being heard or seen. I thought they were going to laugh her out of the room when right, she but said then, this. And then, like, and she's like, well, like somebody who knows martial arts. And, you know, because we know that she's got uh, uh, the, the, the fucking fetish for martial arts well we so de- we definitely do find that out yeah, yeah so it's like so she's already been looking at the at the karate magazine <laughs> yeah yeah she's tuned in she's, she's something she's got yeah. the force of one poster above her head yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's got she's got like a little clipping of it like in her locker in the, in the yes. station. anyway um so yeah and so like i'm thinking it's like oh this is you know um early era of police women and i got some things to say about that because that is actually something that was done a lot on movies and tv to have like these police women be involved but um yeah and so i'm i'm with you chuck i thought oh they're just gonna laugh her out because she's just some dumb chick you know right. some dumb broad you know or whatever right, but it's no. the 70s you know? right yeah and so a couple of the guys are like i don't know that doesn't seem likely that it would like who would know enough karate to kill a guy and then clue Gulager steps up to the plate for it and it's like that's that's our angle well well he he's not convinced either he says i forget exactly how he puts it but he he says essentially that it sounds pretty thin but it's something but, to look into. But uh, he doesn't have anything it else. Might be our only it sounds like the best thought thing to look into is what he and he's kind of like I'm going to cover all my angles kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, yeah, we're going to look into it. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> but but it's weird because <laughs> they don't really look into it. What they do instead is decide they need to hire somebody to teach them karate so that they're prepared. They can defend right. themselves. Yeah. Right. Which is fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it really is dumb. So it's, stupid. Not, it's, not a good, it's not a good plan. That's not a good plan. But what's interesting, though, is... Okay, so a couple of things here. Uh, first, uh, this is the early age or the early part of the proliferation of karate. Like, every town <laughs> has, like, 40 karate studios... <laughs> Because later, Chuck Norris is going around <laughs> to the other karate studios asking, do you have anybody who might commit murder? And he's yeah. taken, it's taken him all day, and he's gotten to most of them. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. And all of them are run by former Vietnam commanders. Yes. <laughs> yep. All special special forces guys. Yeah. When they came back, when they came back from uh, from Vietnam, were getting spit on and called baby killers. They just all started fucking creating uh, well, uh, karate zo- karate dojos. Yeah. 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 
And some of them turned into Cobra Kai. And, and some, some of them turned into Matt Logan's studio, right. you know? Yeah. So, you know, but like one guy... <laughs> <laughs> Because one guy really drives home that point where he's like, well, Matt, you know, we were in the killing business, but murder. Yeah. 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 Two different things. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But so, uh, yeah. So this is the early, because we watched that movie, No Surrender, No Retreat, No Retreat, No Whatever. (laughs) Yes. I always get the order of that. Every time I think it's the one. No Retreat, No Surrender. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, those are rival (laughs) karate studios within towns that then select a representative of their town to go and fight other towns representatives yes i mean and they've corporatized it (laughs) and criminalized it and criminalized it both yes which which is pretty much boy things are run now but (laughs) sure but so it's like what now i grew up in the early 80s. Yeah, I was alive. I was cognizant of what was going on in the early 80s. I don't remember all these karate fucking studios. <laughs> all these fucking rival dojos. I didn't get drafted into the karate wars. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. But yeah, I, I don't I, know. I was the 80s too. And one of my best friends used to hide in the neighbor's trees with a ninja <laughs> outfit on. Yes. There was always jump. one weird kid in the neighborhood yeah. that did that. Yeah. The yeah. weird kid was Jeff Bowe, by the way. But <laughs> Sorry, only Jason knows who that yes! is. But <laughs> I, I see that for sure. He, was, he dressed the ninja and I used probably to jump out of trees. Ian, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, apparently, I mean, I guess the, I mean, I guess he got drafted into the crowd. Yes, board. he did. I actually, did. I, this is a true story. I actually did not get caught up in the want to learn karate craze in the '80s because I legitimately thought it was that cutthroat. Because of all the fucking movies. <laughs> right. Like the rivalries yeah. and like how serious they all took it. And I was like, damn, this is not for me. You didn't want to get your legs swept. I did not want to get my legs swept. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Under the training, like I remember they would do like the splits and stuff. I was like, I can't fucking do the splits. Right. Like, like it's really painful. It's like, no, thank you. <laughs> I'll go back to video games and comic books, please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I just wanted Starfleet to happen. Some yeah, I would have joined basketball. Starfleet. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, pick up some other sport. Yeah, but no, I I, I mean, yeah, no, I didn't I didn't want to be I didn't want to fight. No, but I liked all those movies. There's a certain charm to those movies. They're they're all shit. Oh, they're well, all shit. Most of them are shit. Most of the Karate Kid ain't shit. Karate Kid is. I have no. I have no nostalgia for the Karate Kid. So like every single person is like, "Oh, you gotta watch Cobra Kai." I don't fucking want to watch. The first two Karate Kids I loved as a kid. Loved them. Yeah, they were good movies. They were fun. Mr. Miyagi was awesome. Everyone wanted a Mr. Miyagi in their life. Right. Someone to teach them to sand the floor and all that stuff and paint paint their fence. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that just a Yoda or an Obi? Yeah, yeah, he was. He was totally a Yoda. But he was a little more. Asian, <laughs> a little, just a little more Asian than Yoda. A little more, more real. Like he wasn't a, he wasn't oh. Frank Oz as a puppet. Right. I one hundred percent would have taken any kind of lesson from a Frank Oz puppet. Miss Piggy, Yoda, don't care any of them. Yeah, Miss Piggy knew karate. She did. She did. Yeah. She did. Hi-ya! Yeah. She saved Kermit in the Muppet movie. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. <laughs> So okay, so basically every every group of people there there are always a pair of cops who think they think that the skateboarding kid yes. is involved with this drug ring 
and they follow him and they end up dead. Yes. Right. They follow him, they end up dead. They follow him, they end up dead. So, um, but in the meantime, Chuck Norris is training the cops in a scene that was absolutely not scripted. Well, before that, you got you got to get to the scene with the the fifteen year old girl. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get oh, okay, you we'll skipped get, over oh, it. Yeah, I Sorry, skipped over. We'll get because we, we got to talk. We got to talk about the fact that they've got to convince right and Chuck that's, Norris. That's what I was kind of getting to train. To. Okay, so so he does end up training them, but it takes a lot of convincing. Yeah, that's where I was headed. Sorry, he's got. So a, that's fine. That's because he's got a big match. He's he's he is training he has for got a, he a is. championship match. There's a championship match, which apparently these fighters fight every week. Because yeah. Chuck Norris fought, yeah. and then he's gonna he's got to go watch his main rival Sparks fight. Whoever wins that fight, he fights. It's next. like a fucking yeah. tournament yeah. Yeah. or something. Yeah. And um, so like it seems, and then like then they're immediately going to that fight against Sparks. So it's like, like apparently you don't get any fucking training time. No, you don't get months, years, or not like whatever. boxers. No, no, no sir. You, you better be ready to kick somebody in the fucking face tomorrow. Yeah, if need be. Karate was serious. <laughs> I, yeah. I wish that they did that more in boxing. That you like had less time in between fights, and you in a more of a tournament style. They I did feel that. like that would be uh, only producing more brain. Well, that's damage. what the Olympics are like, right? I mean, you well, don't, yes. and they fight, were protected, they were protected fight every few days. Year. But but no, I'm not even saying like you know, you know, the next week, but within. <laughs> Within shorter proximity and as opposed and, and, to two and, fights and maybe a year. shorter fights, like six or seven. Right, round when they're getting paid I, I twenty million a fight, they can afford to fight once every they, year. They they actually half. did this a few years ago with the middleweight class. Um, the show the the contender did it, where they had um they had the best of the best in the middleweight division do a a, a tournament style. Um, there were still a few. There were like four months in between fights. There were still quite a bit of in between fights, but. They got through like an eight-man tournament in about a year. Mm. Um, well, yeah, you know, I mean, it's pretty good. If yeah. you look yeah. back, like, a, like, like, mm. if you look back through, like, when Mike Tyson was fighting or something, like back in the eighties, maybe even earlier than that, it wasn't just twice a year or whatever. It was like three or four times. It was like once a quarter. They would no. They would Mike Tyson sort of... wanted to beat someone up every day. <laughs> I mean, that was his what he wanted. Well, to do. He, and he would only he would you know fight one, for thirty one, seconds. Yeah, one yeah. round at most and done. So it was yeah. like, well, who's the next guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. like I didn't even get hit today, so let's <laughs> yeah. fight tomorrow. Yeah, fair enough. So, but anyway, so um, he has to be convinced. So Clue Gulager takes him to the basement where they're packing up the drugs from a drug bust or something. And it's a shit time. I mean, this is, as I put it, it's, it's Hunter S. Thompson's basement full yeah. of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> That's how many drugs we're talking about They got about smack. Here. They got cocaine. They, they got, got marijuana. Uppers, they got, they got acid. They got uppers. <laughs> they got downers. Yep. I think Queens of the Stone Age wrote a song yeah. about this. The ether, must, though. They, they didn't have the ether. Fans of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they didn't have ether. They didn't have mescaline. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't quite Hunter S. Thompson's trunk, but yeah. 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 <laughs> but it was his basement. It was yeah. his basement. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and he's like, ah, you know, it's like, <clears throat> yeah, I feel bad. There's like smack and whatever going. Yeah, there's on. drugs on the street, but I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I, I gotta train. Shit yeah, do. I gotta fucking fight to fight for. Yeah. And my own kids to train, and the best the best thing I can do is to is to train the next group not to be into that, right? Yeah, so, right. And so, uh, so Jennifer O'Neill's like, well, I'm gonna drive him home. 
and drive him around. Yeah, yeah. Dri- yeah. Jungle drive him around. You can drive him around with his with his shifts, the stick shift. Yeah. And, All right. Yeah. And so she they go take him to see a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So as they're driving around, he's like, "Hey, lady, you don't have to show me." The streets. I've been living on the streets all my life. All the streets are the I same. I saw in all the dirty little towns in the south or whatever. They're all, all the, the dirty little South China Sea towns. Yeah. Like, yeah. Say that differently. Yeah. yeah. Come on, Grandpa. Don't say it. That At least way. he didn't call them shitholes. Yeah, he didn't. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, th- so they. Uh, so he's like, all right. Well, you know, she's like, I got to make a stop before I take you back to the studio, which is probably on the other side of town. Yeah, she's like really taking him the long way home, and so he's like, come here, come here, take a look at this. There's uh, the guy working the 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 front desk of this uh, shit hotel is the police chief or the police captain of uh, police academy. Yeah, the, yeah, the bad dude. The yeah, bad yeah. dude. Yeah. They, so he calls up Mahoney to bitch him out <laughs> yeah. when they walk by. And so um, they go up and they find... Oh, but I just realized he did call the pimp, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. So they go up yeah. to this room and they, they see this girl. I don't remember what her name was. was Alice. Alice. That's what I was going to call I her I remember Susan, what her name was. Of course you do, because we rewatched that scene. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> it's my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah. So, uh, so Chuck, take it from here. What 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 happens in this room? Well, yeah. So Alice is like this 15-year-old girl who's being groped by a man who runs out of the room immediately when... When groped is putting it lightly. Yeah, when the cap or what is what is her name? I don't know her name actually. Mandy. Yeah, Mandy. Okay, yes. Mandy Russ. Mandy Russ. Yeah, I should have remembered that. <laughs> so, so she goes in and tells Chuck Norris, the Matt Logan, excuse me, the story about this girl. <laughs> she's fifteen. She's her father's rich, but she still keeps falling back into drugs and blah 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 blah. She got all sorts of track marks on her. Yeah, she's got all sorts of track marks, and and Mandy Russ is talking about it. And then my favorite character, who only shows up for like three seconds in the movie, <laughs> walks in, and he's uh, he's the pimp, and he says. What the hell is this girl? <laughs> just it's, like that. Yeah, yeah. So ki- like some, some kind of a social engagement. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is this girl? So Chuck Norris is like, I've had enough of this guy's shit. <laughs> and he just beats him up right well, away. Well, he does pull a knife. Oh, oh yeah, he pulls right. a knife. No, he that's not important. <laughs> I prefer but, the, but the Han to, shot first. But like, we have to approach to Matt that, Logan that here. Chuck Norris is always the good guy. He is always. He's the always the good guy. So he attacks only when attacked. But he beats this guy's ass. Oh, like, yeah, just knocks him out in like two seconds. Throws him, to the him bed. on top of Alice at yeah. one point. Yeah. yeah, kicks him on top of Alice. Yeah. So then I almost expect him to start spanking him. So at this point, this poor fifteen-year-old. That's, you, that's what you're thinking about. I get spanked by Chuck Norris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Naked Chuck Norris. <laughs> Jesus, how did this happen? You, you did it you to yourself. Did it to <laughs> <laughs> you're like that poster, so fucking rad. It is yeah. rad, though. <laughs> this is the best poster, girl. <laughs> 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 Put the sun the ceiling up on my bed. <laughs> I jerk off to it every morning. <laughs> Look out, Chuck, I'm going to come. You've been listening to film scenes. They would get in his chest hair. And, uh, <laughs> that is difficult. Uh, to deal with. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Okay, so, uh, (laughs) so, (laughs) 
What yeah. the hell are we talking about, girl? <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on now, girl. <laughs> So, all right. So, so Chuck Norris sees this. Sorry. Right. It's important to note at this point, too. <laughs> this is the end of act number one because he has an act, uh, a closeout act number one montage scene. Yes, but he does. He, it's important to note before this that he has a son that he adopted. Charlie. Charlie, his son who he adopted. And we're sitting there thinking, like, oh, Charlie's, Charlie's the probably ninja. the Charlie's the ninja. Or Charlie's the skateboarder. We yeah. didn't realize Charlie's black. Yeah, yeah, Charlie. We find Charlie, and we're like, nope, he's neither of those other people. Probably, <laughs> right? There's still an right. outside chance he could be the ninja because the ninja wears a mask, but, right? But, but yeah. the ninja's taller. Bigger. Yeah, it's right. probably and, not. And and Charlie's got quite a bit of a fro. He does, but he could so, you, he could pull that mask down though. But Charlie wants to be a fighter, and that's important to know for to later be, he more. Wants but to we be champion. Yeah, he wants to be the champion of the and, world. And, and, and there is a much more important and well-known trope that has to play out here instead. Right, <laughs> right. And so there's two. <laughs> we know who the the dirty cop is. Oh yes, that's yeah. the other trope. That, that is the other out. trope. So um, uh, right, and so like he wants to be karate champ. So you know, Chuck Norris talks about how his mom was strung out. Um, and he basically petitioned the court to become Charlie's dad because Charlie would come to the to the studio. Charlie's a good kid. All he cares about kid. is fighting. All he wants to be the champion. And right. All blah, blah, he cares blah. about is training. Training. He yep. just that's his life is wrapped up in uh, in in karate. Karate. You know, like like like, Chuck like every kid in the in the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. Um, so, except for Jason and I, because we did not want any part of that. I didn't want any part of that. Um, but anyway. Uh, so now we go to the end of act one, the montage. Right. So he's he's thinking about everything that he's been shown by the cops that day. And he's like punching this. It, what is that called? The speed bag that's attached to the ceiling and the floor. I think that's what it's called. Speed uh, bag that's attached. I think it's. Yeah. Yeah. That's the longest thing ever. Speed bag that's attached to the ceiling and the floor. That's, that's what they put on the box. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. In the seventies, they named things what they were. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I should know that. It's a very, very literal age. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, see, I, now see, look, I, I know more about fighting than even you know, than I yeah. thought I did. Yeah. So, um, anyway, sometimes it was now with springs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be like a little cartoon spring person. Yeah, yeah. springy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, so they, uh, so he's like, you know, he's fighting the thing, and he's like punching it, and he's like getting sweaty, and he's, you know, and I, I'm watching Jason watch this. <laughs> yep. And uh, you were talking about Jason. Yeah. He was getting sweaty. I, and I, I brought a couple. Of I brought a couple extra pairs of pants. <laughs> <laughs> so then he realizes, I have to do something. This is this is terrible. So he goes to the cops like, hey, I'll train you. I got y'all geese. Yep. <laughs> Come on in. Come on in and learn how to fight. And then you have this really long, awkward <laughs> training scene. I kind of love this it's, scene. I Personally, do. I kind of love that scene. I thought it was kind of charming. Yeah. Uh, on YouTube, it's called Awkward Training Scene. Because I think they like filmed... Just the behind the scenes shit. It was Chuck Norris actually training them. It yeah. seemed like they were actually training them. It was a class. It yeah, wasn't what, scripted. Right. What for, Chuck as far Norris as I could saying, tell. Yeah. As far as what Chuck Norris is saying to somebody is they're like, okay, you come at me like this and then you, you block with the with the the butt of your hand or whatever. Right. Right. You know? And if they're up here, you do this. If they're down there, you right. do that. And, it's and, like, it's, and the way he's, he's not saying it, I mean, he is saying it with more 
um, personality yeah. than the Chuck Norris character would. Right, because so it was really him. It was I really think. him, and yeah. he was really saying it. And, yeah, I mean, there is a charm to it. It goes on for, like, 87 minutes. Too long, too long. Yeah, I mean, this movie feels like a three-hour movie. It does. <laughs> it's an hour and a half. It does. Yes. But, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so he trains. He starts training the cops. Um, fuck, there's some other stuff happens. And then you find out like some other stuff happens. Uh, so like then, well, some more cops well, die. Ninja kills more cops. There is the scene where the two of the cops go into the to the um, uh, to the sporting goods store, finds the big bucket of hot wax for yeah. used for skis. Yes, I guess that's kind of like like the sex wax that you put on surfboards. I'm assuming. Is, so you put this wax on skis. Yeah, I think so. Sex wax. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Really? There's a brand called Sex Wax yeah. for for right. skis and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, it, but it's like, um, but it's mostly sold at like surf shops. Like yeah. Also yeah. be used to to remove chest hair. Yeah. It was yeah. Chuck Norris's personal vat of <laughs> chest hair removal wax. <laughs> <laughs> but they said we got to use this, right? I mean, it's yeah. Here. It's like it's he's got a whole fucking trailer full. So of that it. these two cops in the scene, either they're making a plan. For how they can hide cocaine or trying to determine if this is how the cocaine is hidden right basically put the put the cocaine and the heroin into the uh into the wax then harden the max right harden the wax and then reheat the wax and the stuff would come up to the top which actually that is that is the plot of robert davi's plan in license to kill to put cocaine in cocaine and heroin into gasoline burn away the gasoline be left with the drugs hmm. it's the exact same thing so That's apparently interesting it's, a, it's apparently a thing it seems yeah. like it would be messier with wax i would feel that too but but i guess if it, if you melted down f- melted flat all the cocaine would come to the top yeah and then you just scrape it off that's my method yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that's legit. Yeah, good to know. Good to know. Yeah, uh, police. Uh, I, would like to, I would like to call in a hot tip. So uh, while they're doing this, the ninja is like scoping him out. He's like slinking around. He's ninjaing. He's uh, yeah, yeah. Which now that I think about it, now that we know who the ninja is, why is he wasting his time doing this? Well, anyway, whatever. This he's got to do something. He's high on coke. I think yeah. maybe he's just a coke addict. Probably. Yeah. So he he so they one of the cops fucking opens up the 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 vat of of hot wax and like a dumbass just sticks his hand in. Yeah. That'd be like, "Oh, look at that light bulb." Yeah. Yeah, and sticking your hand. Is this right. iron hot? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like Anyway, so but that that becomes an important clue because when their bodies are found, they find wax underneath their fingernails. Right. And they're like well, they shine their shoes before they went out. And they're like, but the shoes they wear aren't the kind you shine. Right. Plus, or they're not red. even red. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Because this was red wax. So, uh, and that, that leads uh, Jennifer O'Neill down the right path that, oh. We don't know how it led her down the right path necessarily, but it does. right? But it does. Well, they pick up some guy off the street who is like a a. I don't know. Like a, he's like a, a, friend, a, a middleman or, or something. Yeah. He's an informant or a friend of the skateboarder. Or he knows what's going and on. And they connect. They connect him to the skateboarder, who connects him to the um, hard, the sporting goods store. Right. And then the wax is something that's used on skis. Yeah. You know, Bob's your uncle. There it is. Just kind of before this, though, Charlie and Chuck or Matt Logan have their fight, their sparring fight, where Charlie is telling him 
like I really want to become a fighter i want to become a yeah yeah, and matt's like after all this is blown over and i win my title kid i'll teach you how to do this yeah and we already know this kid's dead zone yeah dead zone yeah so they they come up with this amazing plan in the studio the karate studio because the cops aren't really doing anything at this point like we need to run down every karate person yeah let's create a list let's create a list list which we kind of talked about earlier yeah right but and then, so then they start going out and talking to people. Uh, uh, Charlie. Oh, sorry. Go Sparks ahead. fought a guy that Charlie and uh, and, and uh, Logan and Jennifer O'Neill and they were watched that fight and they're yeah. like, "Yeah, it's Sparks won. I'm going to have to fight him next." And he kicked the shit out of this one dude that Charlie knows, right? Um, because in this world, also, not only does everybody know karate, but everybody who's black knows all the other black guys. Yeah. Well, especially if you both do karate. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I mean you shrunk a, that world a lot. That's a pretty yeah. pretty specific Venn diagram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's also very tropey. <laughs> Black, yeah, karate, and then, the, yeah. 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 But anyway, so. In, in a made-up Santa Monica town. Right. Yeah. So then they. Uh, that so, does have a lot of karate shops. Yeah. yeah. It does have a lot of karate because you can get to all of them in a full day yeah a full fucking day anyway so he uh so he charlie's talking to the guy who got beat by sparks and it's like you know oh man he i thought he was gonna kill me or something and he says something else and uh charlie is like oh okay well i'm gonna go run down that lead yeah he tries to call his dad but his dad isn't there yeah so he runs it down on his own yeah and he tells uh he tells the secretary just tell him i'm running down a lead who's always eating the secretary. The secretary's always eating, which those are the little things that I like <laughs> about a movie. Yeah. The little character choices. I like feel that. I feel like that was her choice. Like as an actor. I feel like she possibly has an eating disorder in real life. <laughs> and she's like, I've got to have chocolate. I was just going to say, I was going to say that she's probably, she's probably an actor who was like, I got to make this mine. You know, how can I stand out in this movie? I should be always doing something. Right. There were times so she's like, maybe I'll just always be eating. Yeah. Snacking. Yeah. Snacking, yeah. yeah. But, like, there was always something I picked up at first. Which it worked, because like it there, totally stood out. Yeah. yeah. There were times that I felt like she didn't snack, and that it, that I felt that it was a nervous eating thing. Like, she, like, like it was portraying that she had a thing for Matt. Yeah, it could be. And that she got nervous around him, so she's always eating. I just guarantee you that wasn't in the script. No. Like, There's like nothing's she, in the that, script that, in this That movie. actor, right. she she brought all of that to yes. her role. Yeah. 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 She's like, I'm going to I'm gonna do this, and I'm going to be working with Robert Redford. And- <laughs> so Charlie is the only person, really literally, that discovers anything in this whole film. Everyone else just suspects stuff. It's true, yeah. But Charlie, like, cracks the case. He <laughs> fucking cracks it. Uh, yeah. He talks to one guy, one yeah. karate guy, and he cracks the whole thing wide Yeah, open. you'd think Matt would have talked to him before yeah. that. but So, yeah, so now we have the trope of <clears throat> you can't trust the black cop. He's dirty. So Ron O'Neill... Mm-hmm. Uh, Superfly, Superfly, Superfly. Superfly TNT himself is uh, is dirty. He's cutting up coke on a mirror. He's cutting up coke with this uh, drug dealer, and uh, oh, their their muscle is sparks. So yeah. I have a question here. So obviously, the answer is going to be no. Obviously, As if, was Superfly, there a plot? No. <laughs> was there any script? No. Superfly is stealing the drugs from the um, evidence. Yes. Really. Yes. They think that they're burning all of them all, but he's actually he's stealing the guy them. in charge of burning them. Yeah, he's yeah. the one that's actually 
taking them to the owner of the sporting goods store who is the head of the this drug crime yes. syndicate so the question i have is what does the skateboard kid have to do no 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 he's the, he, <laughs> he's selling it on the street right picking it up and selling it on the street well he's but, yeah he's the mule in some yeah. cases yeah but yeah. he brought the jacket to the sporting goods store that had the drugs in it but go ahead I'm yeah sorry. I, the, my question is Please, where are the drugs actually coming from because that's a good point because they never cracked that part right because it seems to me like the sporting goods operation are getting all the drugs from the police evidence room. Right. It, How are the drugs getting into the police evidence room? They got a, they're catch, probably catching a bunch of small timers. Those are big bags yeah, of coke. Yeah, I know, but if you're catching 10 guys with big bags of coke and all 10 of those bags are ending up with one, they become the large drug dealer maybe but where does the drugs come from before all of that that's what i'm saying right. they're, they're cracking small timers it feels like if, nah, it feels like a chicken and an egg thing maybe or or we're really digging in deep or what the the cops role in it all is that he's just recovering the stuff that their operation is getting seized that's what i think so probably. so it's just a small portion of what they're actually putting out on the streets it's just whatever gets seized by the cops he's saving and putting back into circulation uh, that could be that could be there's it, it's it's uh, kiting is what that's called yeah uh, or at least that's what's called in banking where you take a little bit of money and you keep bouncing it back and forth between accounts so that it always looks like you have more money than you really do. So what he's doing is he's yeah, this it's it's all the same little bit, and it's being it's being sent out and it's being picked back up and it's being funneled well, back. Well, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think it's like a scheme. I just no, I, no, I, I just it's, think it's like well, it's, so, you know, we we put we put a hundred kilos of drugs out on the street a week. We know about twenty percent of that's going to get seized. And he's making sure get it back he's making us. sure that that inside man is getting that twenty percent and get, and bringing it back. Right, because twenty percent of your profit is a lot of money. Right. right, so exactly. So it's yeah, it's cutting out the expense, and of, it's also actually yeah. making you a little bit richer too. Oh, because, because you sell you're it twice, reselling you're reselling it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's totally. also making you much There's more susceptible yeah. to being caught. But <clears throat> well, but you know. You got a karate ninja, but I yeah. also, but yeah. I also imagine the cop is selling it back at a at a percent. He's getting some cut, yeah. right? But but in the but as it all works out, when you when you get to the bottom line, everybody's making everybody's money. making good money, right? Yeah, yeah. So Charlie ends up fighting Sparks to Dang get it. away. Sparks is like. You know, if you can get by me, I'll give you a chance if you can get by me. And he's all coked up. And then they have a <laughs> yes, they have like, a, yes. a fight in the water for what aquarati. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Sparks goes too far and kills the kid. Yeah. Right. Yes. Well, yeah. Or at least he knocks him out and then they. Then they stage his. It death. actually seems like they are all upset about that, that they didn't want. Well, him because to that, die. that's only going right. to put one extra person on their tail. But at the same time, and somebody it's like, that maybe what Sparks other choice? Can't deal with. What other yeah. choice do you really have at that point, though? You ha kind of have to kill him, kill him, or kidnap him. Yeah. I thought they I were going to go the kidnap gonna, route. Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. I thought they were going to they were going to tie him and up. And then Chuck and Norris was going to have to go break him out of yeah. some compound, but that's and, and, not how this movie. And goes. then be like a real force of one, right? Yeah, and like yeah. have to go in and take everyone out of the compound, which would have been awesome. Clearly, that this movie been was awesome. not if, interested if, in being that. Well, right. Yeah, it wasn't interested <laughs> in being. Interesting. Wasn't interested in being interesting. <laughs> yeah, as Jason so yes. happily pointed out. If the movie had been made by Canon Films, that totally would have happened. He would have been. That would have been our final act. He would have been fucking carrying. 
and Uzis. <laughs> Throwing stars. <laughs> Throwing he would have torn his, or <laughs> tied his dick belt around his head. <laughs> You know, and then gone in after right. everyone. It's like, man, you made me move my dick belt up to my forehead. Yeah, yeah. You guys are in trouble now. You're in trouble. Yeah. Instead, you're in, tr- you're in you're trouble. You're in trouble. Especially if he has to pee. He's yeah. going to get right in his face. The yeah. third act we get is is Weird. somewhat inexplicable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, boy, things take off <laughs> fucking fast. So Charlie knows the whole thing. Nobody else does. But suddenly... Jennifer O'Neill, like, I don't know, through premonition or something, or because the script told her so, feels <laughs> awkward around Ron O'Neill. Like, right. it's a little weird that he's here right now. They both show up at the, at same, the same time, place, at the same place. And he says, well, I shook down another skateboarder or right. whatever, and, and I got over here as fast as I could. But he's also being He actually weird. did a good job of feeling nervously weird over talky. In yeah. that scene, like he was talking well, too he's much because he's a real actor, yeah, as opposed to Chuck Norris, <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah I mean, he's a real karate. She's he's flashing back. She's flashing back to scenes when they were they signing, were signing the drugs, the drugs off, off to yeah. him. To and, burn. and he's got a look that it's like ah, I got him. I got yeah. You know, I, I'm really pulling one over on these people, which we also saw in the early because we we made a joke about how like Superfly was kind of digging on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that pin action against his chest. Yeah. Know? Um, <laughs> against his chest hair. Anyway, uh, so then, so like, so she now has the hunch that he's in on it. Right, he's but, the bad guy. But before this, as well, um, Chuck Norris has found out that his son is dead. Yes, she has gone to to console him while he's packing up his dead son's room. Well, he's got he's got to rent that room. <laughs> Dude, that's 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 lost money. And Chuck Norris is like, if I find out who did this, they're dead. And she's like, no, you but we then, gotta do it. But, but it's like the cops aren't. But doing But then anything. he just goes about his life. He goes to fight his championship match. Yeah. What do you think? If like your son died, you probably wouldn't be. Well, in the Rocky mental... fought after after after. Uh, after there should have been a scene where Chuck Norris yeah. like. But that makes more sense though. You fight one for your trainer, you know? They well, should have had a scene for- where Chuck Norris, like, actually personally battled with this and decided this is what Charlie would want. Well, or, or just but they didn't have that. In fact, when they when I start talking about the championship fight and that they're all going to go see him, I was like, wait a minute, he's fighting? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, really? What, what he need? well, because he ain't going to fucking concede that shit to Sparks. But he doesn't know but Sparks he, is a bad guy. No, but he ain't going to concede his fucking belt. Yeah, but to, to I guess that's I, he's pride. I, 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 th- I think pride there's some before... I think there's some priority issues well, there. But what we needed, we just needed one scene of him in the dressing room with a picture of his son talking to right, him right, and saying, "I'm doing this for you." You wanted me he, to be champ. He, he wouldn't be doing it for him, but he he'd be doing it for himself. But yeah, sure. But but he could. <laughs> <laughs> Through some dialogue, my point is, I through know. a little you, bit of you, you dialogue, could, you can make you that could have work. made that tighter for sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you could have closed that. Well, it, that that was probably in the film, which made it six minutes longer, which made it feel three hours longer. <laughs> yeah. so it all of a sudden, it was a four-hour movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like nope, scene's not working. Nope, <laughs> nope. That makes this movie feel twice as long. Take yeah. it out. We Thank can't you. cut this montage in half, <laughs> <laughs> so we got to lose this scene. Yeah, that would make the movie a whole make of a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> We need the montage. It's almost the 80s. Yeah. We need to show them how it's done. So then, so then they, um, so so he fights, and uh, Jennifer O'Neill goes to Ron O'Neill's 
she picks up the girl that's always eating. Right. And yeah. like, to Ryan O'Neill's because she has to go to the fight. Yeah. And Ryan O'Neill's going to be at the fight because he asked for a ticket. He's like, hey, have you talked to Matt? Can you get me a ticket? Yeah. Like, so she I knows he's he... got other things on his mind, but right. whatever. Um, so she goes and she realizes that Ron O'Neill has um, drugs there and that somebody else is going to come and pick them up. And pose, and she thinks it's maybe a burglar or but they burglar like, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I had that written in my notes burglar here. My burglar ass. my ass. Burglar my ass. Which is what he should have said. What the hell is this girl? (laughs) (laughs) So he, uh, so then, so she has, uh, uh, we'll just call her Nancy, the, the, the secretary watch this guy who's tied up now. Well, this pissed me off. I want to, I want to bring this part up because this made me mad. They had a nine minute training session on how you can take a gun away from a guy who's Mm -hmm. holding it behind you. And I'm like, the whole time, I'm like, oh, yeah, Rust is going to just, you know, take this gun away right. from him. But instead, the secretary comes in and karate's out of his hand. kick. Yeah. yeah I'm like, why a- didn't they use this nine-minute training routine? Right. That script, actually made me like, mad. Like, put, put, yeah, put it to use somewhere, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> totally. Well, the, the script, again, was not interested in following <laughs> yeah. on its own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry. For, to no, no, no. That that's pissed fine. me off. So then she's like, okay, I'm calling the cops. They're going to raid the fight yeah. where Ron O'Neill is. And when the cops show up, uh, uh, Sparks, who's coked out of his brain, sees what's going on. And it's like, oh, shit, I got to run. So he kicks Chuck Norris. But we Norris. have to Chuck Norris' recognition first where he, right, he, he sees his eyes. eyes. He sees because, his eyes. Because at one point, Sparks like is rubbing his face and his glove is covering up the bottom part and he's like oh, those yeah. eyes that's it, the guy that attacked me behind the which we the Chinese restaurant yeah. no yeah. it was Korean the Korean restaurant. Korean restaurant the hangout for quote karate, karate types karate types <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so then so so Chuck Norris is like well this guy is up he fucking kicked the ref I'm gonna go fucking kill his yeah, ass yeah that was kind of hilarious yeah <laughs> So he chases after him. Uh, he also kicks a gun out of Ron O'Neill's hand before he goes on the on the foot uh-huh, chase. Uh-huh. Uh, he tries to stop Sparks, who's who's commandeered a car. So Chuck's like, "Fuck yeah, man! I'm just gonna take this cop car. This cop car is right here. Nobody's using it." Yeah, yeah. I'm in it. I'm, I'm out gone. here. I'm out. Force of one time. It's force of one time <laughs> until. until. <laughs> Mandy <laughs> Rust shows up. She gets in the car with them. So it's, it's like, so when is this movie a force of one? Yes. <laughs> now it's a force of two. One and a half. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it does become a force of one for like three minutes. Though, yeah. Because eventually uh, they get they get sidelined by falling into a ditch. And and, and Sparks goes on to the, the drug dealer's house and and gets a big box of coke coke and money or whatever yeah well, he, he said it's, it's a million dollars is what he said which is just it's a fucking uh you know like one of those brink safes hey mm-hmm. that's that million dollars is why they aren't sure if it's 2.5 million or 3.5 <laughs> million the budget, the budget. The, for the yeah. budget yeah because yeah, yeah. they're not sure what happened to that box yeah. of money <laughs> <laughs> and yeah 
It's like I think that karate guy was coked out and took yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we better in the they, movie now. A third of their budget was the actual million dollars yeah, in a right. box. Yeah, but we, can't, we can't shoot this without a real money. <laughs> Which was just a big pile that you'll never of see. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, uh, which so, was just a big pile of flour. <laughs> so then, uh, so Chuck Norris catches up with him, uh, or is able when he's when he gets out of the ditch, he blocks Sparks from leaving the the way that they came. And it's force of one time. And there's a sorry. Fire. Actually, yes. actually, this makes even more sense. It was real cocaine. They bought a million dollars in real cocaine, yeah. and Chuck Norris karate karate kicked the fuck out of it into the air, yeah, and that was a million dollars just into into the night sky into Chuck's <laughs> chest hair. Yes. He has a million dollars. He, he He's had, been walking he around with a million K. dollars. Of coke he had at least a hundred k of coke in his chest hair. Yeah. <laughs> A hundred kilos. A hundred K. So they fight, and I guess Chuck Norris kills. He's about Sparks. to kill him, and Mandy, and Mandy Rust is like, like no, 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 don't kill holds him. Holds Chuck Norris at gunpoint. Yeah. No, don't do it. It's this. not worth it. And then he gets up, and, and that's when... That's when uh, Sparks, Sparks gets up Sparks with, the, with the, the million dollars of cocaine. He tries to hit him with it or something, yeah. And he busts that fucking thing open, and <laughs> it goes flying off. There goes your million dollars. Million dollars. And uh, then he seemingly uh, breaks his neck, like over his shoulder. Yeah. Look, particularly vicious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, they never mentioned what happened. It, it, you heard a crack. You didn't have. Yeah, you didn't there have. There was to a mention. crack. He's dead. He cr- he killed him. He killed him. He one hundred percent killed him because that's what Chuck Norris. They, does. Yeah, they killed him in the in the post editing. Yes, okay, with, so they with, killed him with the sound design. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and they go up and they embrace. <laughs> uh, you know, Chuck Norris and Jennifer O'Neill embrace. They don't kiss. They embrace. Credits. Yeah. Force of one. Force, force, of, force one. of one. We are off and running with Force February. Now, I do have a couple of things I wanted to bring up. One, um, the importance of why Jennifer O'Neill in particular, I think, is in this movie. In the 70s, there was uh, um, there were kind of an onslaught of police stories with women cops in them. Okay. It was a relatively new... Thing. Like there had been, there had always been women who worked for the police, but somewhere around the early to mid seventies, most places began hiring women, which they had never done before or were actually had rules against. So you had like TV shows like police woman. You had, um, you, you always had, uh, action movies or cop movies or cop shows would have some lady detective that would work right and it would usually and surprisingly not in this movie but it would usually be met with some incredulity from the other male cops and it was always a a, a, like a a a journey for that character to go on to prove that she was right or that she was a good cop or whatever right um so there was that happened a lot in the 70s uh and by the 80s I mean, then you had like legitimate like shows like T.J. Hooker always had a lady cop. Mm-hmm. That's the first or thing was, that came to my mind was T.J. Hooker when right. you said that. Yeah, so there was always a lady cop, at, and you know, like when we when we talked about um, Raw Force way back, way back, uh, like a hundred episodes ago or something, uh-huh. 
that you know yeah no surprise that there's a couple of there's a like a lady cop on vacation who happens to know karate because, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because well the thing is is that i think most women cops had to learn how to overpower a man so i i think they all did learn how to do karate so you know so there is some well i think all police officers get well get they get some sort of self-defense training. hand-to-hand but combat I, boy but yeah. i think women in particular learn like martial arts are you just are you just making that up or do you no no i'm not totally making that up. <laughs> my suspicion is is that if you have uh, so you really sus- don't have any idea you just hope it's true uh, yeah. I, okay. But, no, but, it, but it, I will say though, it is very, very common for women to learn martial arts for self-defense purposes. Charlie's and, Angels all knew karate, right? Exactly. exactly. Point. His case is, is closed. Rest, rest no, but, this case. But no, I mean, like, there are two things. Like, if, if a woman moves to a city, there's two things that the, that she can do to to you know, or somebody will suggest two things stripping and learning been, karate exactly no, okay sorry to, to avoid being mugged or raped or whatever right get a gun carry it around or learn how to defend yourself or get a stun gun or mace right mace pepper spray rape whistle <laughs> right but the point is is that it would also be very helpful if you have some idea of how to protect yourself too i don't think it's karate though oh it doesn't have to necessarily be karate, but a martial art of some sort i mean it's not boxing usually i mean it's some sort of it's some sort of self-defense nowadays it's like a whole mishmash of shit it's not right. really like a martial art per se it's just personal self-defense but back then it doesn't it doesn't it was, necessarily have like a like a credo no but i mean but like there would have been some sort of how to disarm somebody, how sure, to sure. hold them but or I, how to flip them. But or I also like that. think that all police officers get that training, not just women. I don't think they were giving women different training per se. They might have been individualized based on, you know, your 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 body mass and things like that, but I don't think it was all that different. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I'm just saying that like <laughs> What I'm just saying is, is that like you know there would have been some precedence for there to have been a female cop learning some of the stuff that that Chuck Norris has brought in to teach them to be here in this type of story, and particularly in this type of movie at this particular time in history, they would have had a detective lady. Right. I, what I liked about the detective lady in this movie was that she was just a one of them she's yeah. a cop she was just a cop right yeah. they did not do the normal trope which right was oh she doesn't know what she's talking they, she's they'd, crazy yeah they didn't discount yeah. her opinion right they they didn't like flirt with her incessantly not every everyone wasn't trying to get in her pants nobody was nobody actually. was yeah like, like she was just even chuck norris was. it was yeah. like it was a good it was probably the most professional 70s cop shop i've ever fucking seen there was two people in that film that said you don't look like a cop to her but they were both bad guys yes right yes but yes. that's the, like the only moment where it's like maybe they're saying that because she's a woman but they were bad guys Right, they yeah. were bad guys. So, um, the other thing that I wanted that I took some notes down was about Bill Wallace, who was who played Sparks. Uh, interestingly, he was born in Portland, Indiana, and huh, went to Ball nice. State. Where's uh, Portland, Indiana? I have no idea. Huh. But he went to Ball State and got a uh, degree in phys ed. 
Oh. Which makes sense. Okay. Uh, because he became the middleweight karate champ. Okay. Uh, won 23 consecutive fights from like, like of the world middleweight karate champ uh, one of the belts yeah. I don't know I think there were a lot of karate belts there was one, one belt for each studio probably probably, probably. Yeah. yeah but he did he win. couldn't get to all of them he right. only got yeah. to most of the belts which movie studio right. are you affiliated with do between, you have a belt or not <laughs> <laughs> between uh, 74 and 80 or 73 and 80 something like that he won 23 consecutive fights and retired undefeated that's pretty awesome. Uh, he was huh. mostly known for super fast left-footed kicks. So he was kind of a badass. He was kind of a badass. And he ultimately ended up teaching uh, judo, I believe, at uh, Memphis State. He's still alive. Yeah, he is. He's like in his 70s or 74. something. 74. He's done some uh, he, He's done some charity um, like exhibitions with... Portland, Indiana is up in like... Uh, That's not too far from Muncie. It's not... It's uh, very close to Muncie, Muncie, a little south of Fort Wayne. Yeah. Right on the border between Indiana and Ohio. Yes, yes, indeed. So anyway, but no, he uh, he ultimately ended up uh, teaching Jay County judo, and uh, yeah, seat. he was kind of a he was kind of a badass, like he was for real in this. So that's why I said that I do feel that some of that last fight. Uh, or at least the the fight was in the ring was legit. Was at sparring. least some sparring. Oh, yeah. certainly, and I'm sure they both had you know a little bit of competitive egos going too. Well, one guy is the champ at the time. Yeah, you know, and undefeated. The other guy, you know, went soft and went to Hollywood or whatever. Shorin Ryu Karate, kickboxing, boxing, judo, and wrestling. Yeah, he's done some boxing stance, um, stances. Orthodox. That's interesting. His rank is tenth Dan Black Belt Soke. That's probably super high. Probably super high. That's that's interesting. What about the the Matt Logan shirt? Can we talk about the Matt? Yeah, <laughs> so Matt Logan shirt is this uh, uh, cream or white seventies white, which is dirty filthy, white, dirty, dirty white, white. Yeah. Uh, ringer shirt with a blue uh, collar, blue sleeve uh, ringer, and um, it's it's pretty rad because it's that it's that old school seventies like iron on. Yeah, it's bl- it's that plastic lettered block lettered iron on mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and like uh, our old baseball shirt exactly yes. yeah. yeah yeah like 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 if you run your hands down that shirt your fingers are going to get stuck on those letters uh-huh. yeah. yeah you know um you, you got to wash that shirt inside out or it's, it's, it's totally and yeah. even yeah. then even then it's only going to last maybe, that's why people that's why they were 50 cr- washes yeah you don't wash them that's why they're dirty that's white, they're dirty. <laughs> because you don't want to get rid <laughs> yeah, of them right that's the it's going to start to crack yeah peel yep. yeah but it's funny <laughs> that they, they wear that all the people his handlers or whatever you call fight well, his trainers people and whatnot, his cornermen yeah wear that shirt but there's a scene where clue <laughs> clue gulliger yeah. clue gulliger the the captain <laughs> yeah. is speaking and his back is right. to the people it's, he's it's speaking late to. at night yeah he's speaking to uh mandy after they've come up with some sort of a lead about the uh, wax yeah, yeah mandy and the other cop whoever the hell right. he whoever is. she's working with most of the time that's not chuck norris so over the shoulder shot yeah and so you see clue gulliger's back and he's wearing this silky robe yeah kind of greenish silky robe right and what do you see through the robe through the back of it you see matt logan <laughs> and it's like what at first i thought it was superimposed on your tv from a scene earlier like it hadn't gone away it's just like you, you have <laughs> like, a permanent like matt like logan bird, bird did like yeah. the plasma or yeah. something yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> which I can see this movie doing because it's so forceful. It just burns Matt, <laughs> burns Logan, Matt Logan and right into your fucking eyeballs. Yeah. yeah, but it, yeah, you see it on his back, and it's kind of it's hilarious. And I couldn't stop thinking about it after right. I saw it. So, <laughs> so not only is the chief of police wearing a Matt Logan T-shirt under his dress shirt. But he's no, w- under a silky whatever robe. the hell he's oh, wearing. That's right, under a silky yeah. robe, but he's wearing it backward. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. right, because there is the regular shirts are only printed on the front. So like, he must have been a real big Matt Logan fan. Oh yeah, he's like he's teaching my guys how to fight. Yeah, karate stuff. He's fighting for the championship. Yeah. Oh man, that's the deal he made. He's like, you teach my guys. I'll wear your shirt. <laughs> I'll constantly be repping. Yeah, bud. big fan. Kind of Especially obviously, it was like. They turned it around backwards so you couldn't see it on the front, probably because they didn't want him wearing a Matt Logan shirt. But then it totally backfires because they film him from behind. Right. And on VHS, that wasn't going to matter because you probably weren't going to see it. Uh, But in relative HD, it comes through pretty good. It comes through real good right through that robe. All right. So uh, anything else to add about a force of one? Do we know anything about American cinema releasing? I believe that they released um, cinema. They did in America. In America. American, yeah. Well, we were curious about which came first, the American cinema logo or the Force of One poster. Because they, they used the same triangle. They used the same triangle with like an electric sort of effect, glow right. effect. Yeah. Uh, my guess is, is that Force of One did it in American. American cinema releasing still has a website. Oh, I want to know what they're releasing today. Um, Action films. I've got. Uh, uh, of course, the they, they released the Octagon. Yeah, yeah. This was. They were the pre-canon. They also canon. released Force Five, another Jeez. Force film. Yep. Force Five is fantastic. That was at Force Fest, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it I was. That, that one. was one. That was the one everybody said was their favorite. Yeah, the, with the bowl and the tunnels. Yeah. 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 It's a good. It moves. It's a good one. It's it good moves. One. Yeah, it's a good one. We enjoyed that. So my last thoughts on this movie is: I thought Acapulco it was going to be bad fun, but as it turns out, it took itself really seriously, and it wasn't a poor like bad film at all. No, it's 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 a it's a fair movie, right? Like I mean, it held my interest for the the entire thing. Yeah, it was fun to watch. It felt twice as long as it was, right. which is always a problem for movies. But I was looking for more stupidness than you actually get. <laughs> Yeah, I I think it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of this month goes. Right. Yeah, I don't think that because Delta Force takes <clears throat> itself very seriously. Yeah. I don't think this would be a Force Fest film. No, it's just too procedural. Right. It would not be the kind of movie you want to watch with a bunch of people that have a good time around. It's or, not over the it's, top. It's too, enough. It's too dialogue driven. So yeah. you have people talking over it. It just you got yeah. what you need is uh, this is this is a movie for a Chuck Norris fan because he's fine in it probably he's, his best acting he's actually pretty the, good he's in pretty it, good in acting this. wise yeah. yeah um yeah. you know and he's yeah this is i mean he even himself says that he felt himself be twice as good as his previous movie the uh good guys wear black which yeah. was basically a star he still making, he just doesn't have like a ton of he doesn't charisma. have a whole lot of charisma or emotion right um that comes but that comes later in his career when he's telling hmm, a little bit a little bit the charisma does to a two degree my brain just shut down mm. <laughs> I, I, I think i'm thinking about delta force and how smirky okay, well, he is in that movie but i will say that might have been lee marvin 
and well, he does well, a little bit. That well, Lee Marvin radiates that shit. Yeah. So yeah, in so Walker Texas Ranger, you can't help yeah, but pick does, some of that up. Yeah. He does a little more acting in Texas Walker sure. Ranger. I mean, I mean, he's never great. He does tell like a kid he, that he's got AIDS. Yeah, in right. So. He, yeah. he actually seemed like he was having fun though by that part of time in his career. I think in his early career, he was just uncomfortable. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, he, he, I mean, I think that's the difference I'm talking about. Is is is, is not necessarily <laughs> that that Chuck Norris was ever known for his overwhelming charisma. I'm going to grill you when about he was this. Training like you the people in the room, you could see and, yeah. some charisma, in him, and that's sure. because he wasn't acting. But I think that I think as as he as he made more movies through yes. the '80s, he he was definitely more comfortable in his own skin. Well, and he certainly he did have that scene when he was talking about adopting Charlie. Yeah, that was he was that was good. a good scene. Yeah. yeah, that was one of his best scenes I've ever seen him act in. Sure. Yeah. So there's that. So there's that. <laughs> Congrats, Chuck. Yeah. You get an Oscar. Yep. Um Oh man, imagine if he ever got an Oscar for like like lifetime achievement. Oh my god. His persona should get an Oscar. <laughs> Like the things that's people, true. I don't. I don't want to go. His through His legend has grown. Yes, yes. Beyond, his legend well beyond. is far bigger than even Bruce Lee's. Probably uh-huh. even if it's a joke. Uh huh. Right. It's like a huge legend for Chuck Norris. Absolutely. His uh, what are they? His the, his ironic persona. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, let's put Force One. Force to lead arrest. <laughs> yes. Thank you. You're welcome. I was trying to figure out what what to do with that. Yeah. Um, we're we're entering into the dark period of this episode where we have to try to figure out a way to close it. Um, <laughs> and Chuck really helped out there. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so next week, uh, unfortunately, Chuck, you're going to be missing out on this. Yeah. Um, but uh, we have a canon film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is um, the dude, Michael Dudikoff, oh, in Avenging Force. Now, this is this one is is directed by Sam Furstenberg, who did the the ninja movies for Canon. Yeah. Um, that, so there should be some decent. Which which ninja movies? All three of them. The Enter the Enter ninja, ninja, ninja the the Dominion, Ninja Three, and whatever the oh, second he one's did, called. He did Ninja Three, the yeah. one with the the lady ninja. Mm-hmm. That movie is insane. Yeah. That's what we got to talk about one day. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, I'm looking um, forward to it. Yeah, so uh, Force February is going to be here all month. All month long. Mm-hmm. As long as February, February is a month, it will be forceful. And this is a long February, too. You it get is. one extra day of Force. We got one leap kick year, or one leap, leap kick Leap day. kick. Leap, leap kick. kick. Leap, leap kick. Leap kick. That's why I chose, that's why I said it's going to be Force February. Forget <laughs> the alliteration. Right. It was the leap kick. Leap kick. Leap yep. kick. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Jason. Yes. What? Tell the people where they can find us. They can find us at filmseizure.com best place to go all the episodes of all of our various offerings are uploaded to filmseizure.com what happens on wednesdays we got some um new episodes of this thing that we're doing right here yeah 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 i was trying to look for some alliterative thing but no it's just the new episodes new episodes on wednesdays yeah what about mondays mondays is monster mondays sure is monsters Monsters. how many of those have you done now uh up through this point uh, in the like almost about 56 or 7 at wow, this point. Wow, Jesus. And that's three things you like about a monster movie. Yeah. Even if the monster movie shit, sometimes I talk about a shit one. That's nice. That's positive. Yeah, it's a positive show. It's a positive show. It's you know, go online and you'll you'll notice that almost everything talking about movies is trying to be um shit on them. Shit on them. Trying to be hey, we can be Mr. Plinkett too. Right. Um 
but no no uh, that's not that's not my angle what about on saturdays Ooh, that's double o saturdays double o uh those are text reviews i uh one week i'll talk about the movie the following week i'll talk about the music of that movie and then your uh your other hustle on fridays Fridays. yeah b movie enema uh b movie enema.com that's where i that's where i can be a little bit more uh negative at times because those sometimes those call for it but it's always with a bit of fun yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. i mean it's all uh it's all in good jest i enjoy watching the movies there there are very few movies that i've covered on b movie enema that that have broken me (laughs) uh Four or always, five of them from. It's always fun when that happens. Though. Yeah, four or five of them came from the asylum. Never talking about their <laughs> movies again. And uh, one uh, was a trauma movie called Pot Zombies. That movie oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> that movie was shit. Cool. Yeah. So anyway, so check us out. Uh, yeah, check us out uh, in those various places. Um, Chuck, I'm yeah. sorry you're going to miss out. On I am sorry course. too. I have an important birthday for one of my children. Family's important. Yep. Uh, children. Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> I don't know. We'll catch you on the flip kick. Yep. Yep. Oh, <laughs> I'll be back flip later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You will return for the for the biggest iffy movie, one that I know practically nothing about, called yeah. Invasion Force. All I know is there's a big beefy dude on the cover that Jason really likes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it looks goofy as fuck so uh i was like hey you know what that's gonna get included and then delta Force, you'll be around for the delta yeah Force. hell yeah oh, god the oh, delta yeah. force is like my also the theme music of my childhood well speaking of theme music i want to thank chuck for providing us <laughs> a theme for this month oh so, god thank you. yeah you're welcome yes. <laughs> <I still, laughs> we recorded this episode i still haven't heard it yet and, I have. and it played us in yeah. <laughs> And it's going to play us out, too. So Beautiful. Beautiful. So, uh, yeah. So, until next week when uh, we do some Avenging Force, I'm Jeff Arbuckle. I'm Chuck Moore. I'm Jason Oliver. And you have been listening to Film Seizure. There's some force for that ass. Lots of force in your ass. Did I sing that out loud? Good thing nobody's around for that force in your ass. I'll see myself out now.